I just prepared three calamari rings straight from there to here. And I thought I wouldn't stink, but I kind of do. Wait, straight from where to where? Straight from the kitchen to this kitchen. That's what I was doing just before this happened. Well, I mean, it's lucky for me that my nose is blocked, so I can't smell it. Because I thought preparing squid from scratch would be, like, clean and simple. Turns out they smell like the sea. Sweet. Riveting conversation. So no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Someone is not up for the convo today. It's just that there's, like... This has been Mia's mood since not having lunch till 1.30. Oh, no. No, that... No. To clarify, you know I redline on low blood sugar levels and tantrums will happen, and you know this. She really said no banter on the spoken word podcast. No, I didn't say no banter. (laughs) It's get a better story because I don't know what the point is. You just, like, launch into I prepared three squid. (laughs) I'm baiting baiting all the cooks out there with the squid talk. Oh, yeah, classic. Just, like... This isn't a PR tool for your chefing. Technically, it's calamari. I scored it both ways. I made an aioli, and that's going to be for dinner. And I'm very excited. How do you feel about that? I mean, obviously, I'm excited about it. I've never done that before, surprisingly. Done what? Made fresh calamari, like salt and pepper style at home, without like it being from a freezer. Are you sure? Not from like very scratch. Yeah. What have you been up to today? You've been running, been in and out running of the around. It's true. I woke up this been morning. Been the same proximity, but you've been just doing all these. You things. know, I, okay. Something I'm doing at the moment in the local beach town. Normally, I don't do this very out of character, but I've had a few instances now where I've been. Let's call it Laguna Beach. Yeah. So in the fictional town of Laguna. <laughs> yeah, in the fictional town of Laguna, I have been mingling with the locals. Etc. The Nagnata crew. No, not actually. It's an eclectic bag. There have been some Nagnatas. There have been, I mean, I feel like there's a big South American population. Yeah, contingent that's come through just because I've encountered a few through the encounters that I've had in different environments. But yeah, I've been going to reform parties every day. Look, I'm getting through it. It's been nice. 13. Yeah, something like that. And you've done how many? 10? Yeah, something like that. Like most days, I've been pretty fucking committed. I feel like there is a large reformer listenership potentially yeah i was a big reform pilates girl before we got on the road so i'm getting back into it feels good but yeah i have encountered a lot of characters off the back of that just observing people as always but today i did something different and i encountered more locals i went to the fictional town of laguna's annual vintage sale at uh the seaside club what time did it start so it started at 8 a.m and i managed to get down there maybe like five past eight with the ladies which feels early Considering things in Smith Street or Chapel Street don't open till 11. Oh, yeah. 8 a.m. is like, oh. It was assumed that it was going to open at 9. Like you'd have a slow, calm roll-in of people. No, no, no. I don't know if there was a line out the front (laughs) because by the time I got there five minutes in, it was pretty packed. Like it wasn't like body to body. It wasn't savage yet. But there was some sinister energy. It was looking like an early fill-up. Like it wasn't going to be. Yeah, yeah. Like we're five minutes in and it was pretty chockers in there. And, you know, they had like different sections. So there was like the $100 plus section. There's a $50 plus section. There's $20 table. There's a $10 table. There's like the $5 on the fucking floor. Get on your hands and knees. There's some dead stock stuff over there. There's some buckets over there. Like it was a miscellaneous bag of stuff. Predominantly women's wear. I beelined for the place that no one was, which is the buckets of what the hell is that? Where was everyone? Like if you had had a heat map, where is everyone? 
everyone. I sense that a lot of people were heading towards the more expensively priced items. I assume retail was higher and then they were saving a strong percentage, but they were not my kind of clothing. It was like lots of linen and dresses and things. So the shawl crowd was mm, shawl. It was more of the tiered dress, yeah. like an Alison Roman wider audience, like oh, okay, okay. into the donut. Bypassed that completely. You've gone to the $5. I've gone straight to where I sit on the social hierarchy. I've gone straight to the bargain <laughs> bin. I bypassed a lot of different areas and I went straight for there. And my strategy is to just play it cool. I just did a big scope with my eyes across all the things, didn't touch anything, didn't want to give away anything that was catching my eye, but didn't want to fill up my hands. There was no baskets available or anything. So I did the sweep. Much like some people, we you know scrounging the festival grounds for a baggie you've gone to this five dollar realm and you're yeah but you're feeling around for i'm looking with my eyes everywhere else and i've gone all right i'm gonna look under some things because that's where the real Mm. bargains will be because a lot of people can't be bothered they wouldn't want to go there five dollars they're like it's going to be trash are you looking for like a checker or a color or like i'm just looking i kind of just look at the textures and then i lifted a few things out of the buckets and the five dollar bags Okay, I'm going to be honest. I walked past the $5 pile and I saw a sort of puffy looking dress and it was a black dress. And I was like, I don't think this is going to be my aesthetic. But the first thing I touched and I picked it up, Shein dress. I threw it back in the disgust. The amount of times has happened to me. Oh, dude, it shop. happens all and the time. The design from a distance looks good and that's the real pain. Yeah, and then you touch it and your hand's set on fire. I chucked it's that an, back in the and it's never, you don't, you never even contemplate it. You're like, this is trash. No, no, I don't even want to go near it. So I've now like scurried away and went back to where I belong, which is the $5 bucket. Did that deflate? Were you like, oh fuck, this is all she in? Or were you kind no, of... No, no, I, I think I just was repulsed with myself. What that said to me was you were looking at the trends, which it's not my style. I don't like following the trends. That was a lapse in my judgment. So moved away from there went to the buckets i was like you need to put in some work now lifted a few bags and saw a tartan print bag and it was a coach bag and like you know i'm not a huge coach bag fan but they're a good staple i would say it's like the global version of oriton it's got a little bit of like karen energy but this one was really cute it actually weirdly looked like my first high school uniform which somehow didn't repulse me and it still had its authentication cards and stuff inside it and i was like yank pulled that out of there found another little handbag picked up a few things but some belts uh dress and stuff and it was all going well and i was kind of like you know what i did well i'm pretty happy with this i really like this little handbag and these other bits and pieces are pretty cute and so i like slowly walked down the aisle of shoes kind of just like having a look around i was like i'm not going to touch anything unless anything stands out there's a couple of hits a couple of misses and these aren't five dollars no these are kind of like unpriced but i'm getting a vibe and i'm looking around i'm like well the ceiling here is gonna be a hundred dollars but that's all the way over there were you prepared to barter were you like no, getting, I wasn't going to buy it. There like... was a charitable element to all of this. I was more just like having a budget in my mind of yeah. what I wanted to you spend. Had a, you had a fixed number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of like, I'm assessing. I'm saying $5 here, here, and here. That rack over there is 20 Like the ceiling for me then I assume would be $20 and under on this side of the less affluent side of the room. Yeah. So I'm looking. I'm kind of like nothing's really standing out to me. And then corner of my fucking eye. Mind you, there's a lot of people around like grabbing things, trying things. I fucking 
dragging halo over there to the right of the very end of the shoe rack, which is like a whole table. The very end of the shoe rack, just a sparkle, like a little magpie moment. I see like a glimmer of like a dark chrome shoe and I noticed it and I kind of didn't think much of it. And then I zoomed in from a side eye. I don't know if you know that motion, but essentially I've like, without moving my head, have like tilted my eyes to the side. Like your eyes have gone minority report. Yeah, yeah. I'm like scanning. Everything is a a grid. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like night vision core. And things are like beeping. Yeah, yeah. And it's like beep, 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 beep. I see a little M. You know, this is the thing and this is what happens when you've been on this fucking hunt since your early teens. Like I've been online, I've been in the resale space, I've been op shopping, I've perfected my skills. So I see a little M, tag watch, I'm like, that's a Manolo Barney. I don't even hesitate. Before I've even turned my head to double check, I've side swan dived. I don't know what that motion is if you were doing like Um, synchronized swimming. Synchronized, yeah. yeah. What's the sideways dive into? Yeah, I'd say swan dive. Yeah, so sideways swan dive. My right hand is neutral. Left hand swan dives over my head, grabs the shoes. Like you're pretty much doing cartwheel. Yeah, like I'm not quite cartwheeling. I am defying gravity. I've gone over some people's heads, (laughs) yanked the slingbacks, pulled them away, quickly scurried off slightly to the left to then now now that they're in hat and this has happened a few times where it's like and then it's a fucking flop so you're so flexible from pilates that yeah yeah, yeah. To... this is like what my 13 days of pilates has done for me you've managed to charlie's angels your way over i've gumbied over there to grab these slingbacks i've pulled them in swift motion lots of flow happening because this is the thing that no one really discusses is it's not just about me at that moment there is hunger out there you don't want to be that bitch that's like you've made a scene and now everyone's got eyes on you because they're not yours until they're purchased yeah, yeah, yeah. like there are elbows that could emerge so now i've like got them in hand in my pile spun around now i've done a ballerina twirl facing inwards to the piles on the floor where people aren't at eye level at this point everyone is now scurrying on the floor over there so i've got a clear path knees. they're on their knees really on the floor yeah that's the five dollar pile everyone's on their knees yeah yeah they're rummaging Holy in shit. the piles knee pads no knee pads. Whoa. And then Shoes? I don't know what's going some on there, but beneath me at some this Some people point. in this Laguna town love to wear no shoes. Yeah. On, so on the look, the moral of the story is now I've spun away from anyone at eye level. And you've got this all And I'm clutching. In, in your bag or just in no, your No, no, there it's I've got a pile in my hands. Like things could get swiped. Right. So I'm clutching this like a newborn child. And I've had to now do the check because, you know, sometimes you think you find something and it's just not what you thought. I look down and I'm like, holy shit, I was correct. They are a pair of Manolo Blahniks. So, you know, I'm Old sure. Sex and City fan. Yeah, like, you know, everyone would know them from Carrie Bradshaw moments. Like, I've only owned one pair of Manolos in my life that I haggled online somewhere when I was a teenager. Very and cool. I've seen these and I'm like, oh my God, they're really happening. And they're like, the heels are intact. Like, they're in pretty good condition. Like, I reckon someone's bought them to wear at a wedding and they've just donated them along with all their other shit. Yeah, it's crazy. So, one man's trash is another man's treasure. That hits so hard sometimes yeah like and exactly trash slash treasure that's out oh, there and is... it's crazy and especially being in this little beach town so my instant reaction that i want to portray is like an audible gasp and at this point you're done like you're i was already you're, done you're done oh, you're i was already done out. i was already this on the way out and this was just a bonus but because i am an expert and i'm seasoned in this space yeah. i fight all Life my yeah and i fight all my natural urges to audibly gasp because i know that if i create a scene eyes are going to be on me 
So instead, I strategically placed some of the other items on top to kind of nest the shoes in my grasp because at this point now I have something to lose. So you're gatekeeping or is this for your safety? For my safety, it had already been an instance where I was in another corner when I had my little coach bag, which I had not disguised yet. And then another lady made eyes with it, asked one of the staff going, where'd she get that? And they were like, oh, that's from the vintage section. And at that point, I knew I was no longer safe. You're getting targeted. I look out of place at this point. Like I'm wearing like a camo cap, trackies, Twilight t-shirt. It's about to get get out hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like, everyone in the room turns and looks Yeah, like they're kind of not noticing me. And then suddenly I've got this coach bag. So now I've had to like bury that in other things. Damn, they can smell blood. Yeah. And then like I had learned from that moment. The The gators are circling. Yeah. And I learned from that moment. So I have my Manolos in hand and I've like buried them in my bundle. And again, like much like a newborn baby, like I'm running away in the middle of the night to safety. And this is very like Jesus and Mary, et cetera, in the Bible or whatever, where they're like the Christmas narrative where they're like, please, we need somewhere to stay. The inn. Yeah. They're looking for an inn. This is me like looking for an out. So anyways, I'm like fucking, like I can't, I can't express the fucking rising fear in me like i am looking at this place now it's filling up and they take card or cash i've got both both. so i'm prepared so i am now with bundle you know i'm like leapfrogging my way to the i'm like I see the fucking counter and I'm like, all I got to do is get there. I just need to stay. I need to fly under the radar to the counter. Now you're not looking back and there's hair pulling. There's uh, like I don't know. Ons. All kinds of things could be happening behind me. And I'm like, nah, not me, not me. And I find my way to the counter. And like, you know, this is the other thing. Not only have I like now got too much to lose, I am also realizing I don't know how much these cost. Just the shoes just the shoes the everything your, else i'm like i'm com- i know what the prices are it's all good is already done so i'm like all what right you, you're ready for what i don't even know at that point i'm like i've gone this far like battled together like i've had an emotional attachment to these shoes in my nest and <laughs> I find one lady on the corner and I'm kind of like, all right, I don't show her the shoes strategically. And I just say, how much are the shoes? And she goes, oh, I actually don't know. And I was like, oh no, she's going to get someone. She's like, you know what? Just go get the ones you want. They're not going to be much. They're going to be like max $20. I step back for like one meter and then I plop myself back into the line and I strategically head back to the woman that I just spoke to. And I nervously put my things down and they're counting out all the other stuff and it gets the shoes and I'm like, oh, heart racing. This is one of those moments where it's like, you know, when you go to an op shop or whatever, it's like there's that one young person that kind of just is aware of everything yeah. and they're like love to mark things up. Who you think is your friend. Yeah, you think they're they an ally. Look, I'm here for like whatever, but like. You're, you want a naive grandma, not a. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, here's the thing. up, you know, young. And that's the thing. It's like, I'm here for like, look, I would pay it because there is a good cause here, but I'm also here to get a bargain as are all these other women behind me. I'm not haggling. I'm just here to accept the price that is presented to me. And then they hit the $20 mark. And I was like, sweet, quickly paid, shoved all the things into one of the bags that I bought and ran the fuck out of there and never looked back. So that was my experience. But, you know, I did go back later today, well, later that morning before I went to a former class. And, you know, this was three hours later. We went back to the scene of the crime. Yeah, I just wanted to get a vibe check. With the mask on. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you were never there. You were... No shoes were with me. I had run back to the house to like drop them off. So I've gone back and I'm like, all right, let's just get a sense check. Who knows? They did not re up the stock or anything, but I went in there and I was like, they might be bugged. What if someone's tracking them? Who knows? But look, the moral of the story is I went back. Things had been cleared out. Like all the hanging racks and all of the more high ticket items were still pretty there, but like the scrounging on the floor, five dollar piles were there's pretty cleared out. It's a it's a bomb site. There's yeah, debris. Yeah, yeah. There's blood, not blood. There's <laughs> there's salt water and iced matcha and acai everywhere. Strands and of loose hair. Baby food just hanging off the fans. Just. Abandoned children, you know just the vibe. People are crying and just don't know what to do with themselves. You're sleeping tight. You're sleeping. Yeah, look, you know, these are the strategies. You've just got to play it smart, keep it cool, play it smart. We're all in it for ourselves in those environments, but like I did not get nasty. No hands were thrown, no elbows, no hair pulling. Like I am not the girl I was in high school. I am a mature well, much woman like now. When we're both dealing with a, um, what do they call it? A phone person. <laughs> What are they called? Telemarketer. Telemarketer. It's all about keeping calm. You don't want to ever explode on this. I mean, people. look, I, I'm not. Which you've, I feel like you've learned that losing your marbles to these people just creates tension. Just got to slide on through. Yeah, keep a low profile is generally the strategy. And reduce any friction. A good segue from here. You know, last time we talked about Maggie Lemon being on tour and I did notice that she had posted a photo gallery of things from Australia and she was holding a koala. And I have noticed that people love to come to Australia and they always want to hold a koala yeah. of all the things they like that's the one thing that every artist must do which you know as someone that was clutching my little bundle today like i'd assume that's what holding a koala would feel like i mean i've never held one myself i've encountered lots of koalas at the zoo and stuff but like i've never held one probably for the best because apparently according to an article that you sent me in australia scientists begin vaccinating koalas against chlamydia yeah i mean i wonder why people would just let them be i thought the chlamydia was just dormant. I didn't think it had like any issue. I thought they just sort of held it and it didn't do anything to them, but maybe it does. Maybe it's actually a selfish human thing to vaccinate them against chlamydia so we can't catch it off them when we take the photos. I guess all these like celebrities keep coming here and wanting to hold them and we don't want to be yeah. accountable. I mean, Margot Robbie's team has said, if we want to boost tourism in this country, we need to, we need to get vaccinate this those. sorted because yeah. there's, there's a reputation building outside. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we already infected Tom Hanks with COVID that time. Yeah. So new gin mogul, Margot Robbie. Oh yeah, and apparently I am actually really into this, and apparently she's been working with a local distillery. Yeah, local Laguna distillery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So near the Gold Coast somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Her hometown. It's so weird. It's I so just weird. love the idea that she grew up. What are those areas called where they sort of have those waterfront houses where you have like the like a Patterson Lakes kind of like yeah, yeah, fake yeah. lake. But it's kind of bougie. Not like yeah, a, it's a, not um, a development in that regard. Yeah, it is like a man-made lake yeah, situation. Yeah, but these ones seem like rivers or something. Like they're actually real. Oh, they are real. Like and they've the got Yarra. like a jet ski and like a Oh, boat. yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know what that is. They're almost like so tacky that I think they're cool. Big. Like the ones on stilts? Kind of. But these are like glass. Oh, like know. down the Melbourne Peninsula. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where Margot Robbie grew up, but... Do you think she grew up on water? I just... Because not all, all of the about, Gold Coast all about, is on water. It's all about the narrative a building in my head and I just... Look, I spent a lot of time in the Gold Coast as I was growing up. I don't know if she's from Labrador she... or Bagheera Waters. Yeah, it's very strange. It's funny because you get to see her as her, like, schoolgirl self in Neighbours. So it's almost like you we, like, have literally grown up with this actor. Mm. I don't know what her narrative is to the world. Like, surely she's not going for the battler thing, right? I mean, she's got battler energy, though. You reckon? You know who else from Neighbours alumni that is an interesting one is Holly
Oliver Lance from Kiss Kiss fame. Yeah. I think it was not last year or the year before or whatever. Jeeves had been hit up because apparently someone had been like, oh, do you know who this Oliver Lance person is? She says that she's a celebrity. <laughs> apparently she had just started listing on Depop. That's very and strange. I'm not even joking. This shit she was listing because she, I think she married some like oil billionaire or some crazy shit like that. Like someone really rich, real estate mogul or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she just started posting these like extremely expensive shoes and handbags. Like we're talking Amaze, we're talking Chanel. Like wrong she, channel. Yeah, no, but she did, and she was selling them. What's the right? She should have gone. She probably should have gone investigate to be honest. Yeah. But like, I love and much like the Lana Rhodes thing. I love the idea of her like sitting in her mansion, like taking photos. It's like that whole mentality. Of You've come into money now, but you can never stop being the little suburban girl, the little Gold Coast girl. You know, I don't know when oh, I don't know where Holly Valance grew up, but anyway, I had a poster of her when I was young on my wall. I mean, she was a real cutie. Like she was definitely the standout. Definitely. Her, there was another hottie in Vegas, actually. Crystal from Big Brother. Oh, Crystal from Big Brother. Where is she now? And honestly, do you remember Nicola from Neighbors, the British girl? Mm, I just thought she was so pretty. Can't remember uh, much. Anyways, a side note from there: we did go to Chow Mate last night in Hollywood. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> we went to a restaurant last night called Chow Mate, which I thought was really cute. I had a good experience. Yeah. A little slice of the city in the country. Look, here's the thing. I had heard mixed Thank reviews. God. Yeah, I know. I'm like, well. I could see the graphic design in the horizon like a oasis. Oh, yeah. Like, I was drawn towards it like a little honey to be. Smell the sourdough starter. It was all happening. It was all fucking happening. The aesthetics were on point. They had really strong music curation. Like, the volume was just loud enough. And then they had this other touch, which I really liked, where the music in the bathroom, they were playing Elvis in the bathroom, but they weren't playing it anywhere else. Like, it had a specific vibe in there and, like, lighting, they had candles going. Like, it was just very, very intentional in that way. Yeah. It had, like, a harvest aesthetic. It was very California, actually. Bathrooms at restaurants are a big virtue signal. Oh, it's one of the first places I check because this is the thing. You can kit out your whole, you know, do your whole reno or whatever. But if you forget the bathroom, because I know it's one of the most expensive things to redo. But if you don't do the bathroom. There's three levels. There's two levels, really, but maybe three. There's general just cleanliness, which is one. That's kind of like level one. Can you just like keep it clean in there? Just please keep it clean. And I'm not talking about what the patrons are doing. I guess you do need a frequent cleaner in there. But if you have a messy looking bathroom, it's just going to create this attitude of this doesn't matter. So you need to like elevate music, nice hand soap, you know, like I'm not a big Aesop fan, sorry, Aesop, but. Yeah, but I appreciate when it's there. Yeah, because it's setting a tone. Yeah, it's about setting the tone because you're kind of like, oh, oh, this is not one of those kind of bathrooms where you like scrunch up the hand towel and chuck it on the floor. Yes. Because you know when it happens, it's like they leave that overflowing bin. Pet peeves of bathrooms, what are yours? Yeah, the overflowing bin. Like put a fucking lid on it. What do you think about those cloth hand towels where they're like all stacked, but they're like reused? Not nah. so you think that you're actually doing good for the environment, but then you have to get them professionally cleaned, or you're not cleaning them at all. I don't know. Not I don't necessarily. Know. I worked at a place. It wasn't quite a restaurant. It was like an appliance store. We had I like, mean, an appliance store and a restaurant are not going to have the same level to, of patron. Yeah, but it was still people using the bathroom, and they would just use these reusable towels, and then we just had to put them in the washing machine because it was an yeah, appliance if you've store. Got a washing there was a washing machine. machine. Yeah, exactly. It's like you have to then and have then a washing also machine. A you also need a dryer. But then I'm like really questioning on like which is worse. I 
don't know. Can you get biodegradable? Blah, blahs. We're not really here to talk about sustainability but at all. my absolute number one pet peeve in that realm is those fucking Dysons where you have to like slowly elevate a hand downwards into it. The ones at the airport. Yeah, not the Dyson blade, which I'm a big fan of, but the, what are they called? They are fucking Yeah, you put chat. your hands in there to dry them, but really it's oh, like, nah, the worst I actually part. actively will keep a wet hand after. I will yeah, never here's the them. other thing about those things is that you have to empty out the tray at the bottom, otherwise you get oh, the splashback. There is literal the splashback. Those trays. It's fucking scary. They like couldn't have created a more like rank solution. Everyone's hand water just at the bottom. And then if similarly, I, c- I also don't like those. Some people like them, but you know those um, handlebar sinks where they've got the like a little handlebar where one side is soap distribution, the other side oh, yeah. is a dryer, like, and then the, the middle is like yeah, yeah, and then the middle is the tap. <laughs> You know the one that's like the handlebar over the sink? Yeah, that's yeah, shit. Yeah. I don't know if there's a level of coordination you need, but like I cannot get the fucking hand dryer to go off at the right time. Yeah. And it's just a shit you show. Said, you a... said go off king to yeah, the hand Yeah, it doesn't work for me. Do you think when you see a Dyson blade, which is the goat hand dryer, do you get a sense of comfort when you see the Dyson in particular? Or does it not phase you? Look, I'm not going to even lie. Unless it's like because it's cold. I mean, I would love to use like a hand dryer to like warm myself up. Or like if you've gone too sweaty at the gym, you're kind of like, please. I need to just dry off. I can honestly go out with a wet hand, do a little <sighs> mini shake and just like wipe it on myself. Sometimes I get so spooked by all of these things that yeah, I'm just yeah. like, I don't want to associate. That's true. One last idea. I'd like to go back to the restaurant, please. I feel unsafe in this I conversation. One, one last idea, which is just, you know, this is for the people out there. Don't you think, same vein as a soap dispenser, but you had some kind of like spray hand sanitizer, but it was for your phone, like specifically? Because anyone um, who's going in or out of a bathroom could really just do it with a sanitize spray for their screen i think that would really yeah help. but then you need to wipe it somehow yeah but if it's a spray it's like an evaporation it's like so fine mm, that it just like i don't know that they even exist where it doesn't leave a like smudge to your phone like true. You, they would need it to be a like wipe. a spray and then a squeegee now it's getting complicated mini squeegees don't work yeah, yeah, back to the restaurant. So back to the fucking restaurant because that's what we were really We got so lost in this amazing bathroom. <laughs> yeah. to... I'm not going to lie, standout was the bathroom. I was like so impressed when I realized that the Elvis soundtrack was only playing in there. I was like, wow, this is so considered. I don't think that there was a JBL product in that bathroom. I'm going to say maybe it was a Beats pill. It wasn't a Yui Boom. Probably just a built-in setup. Just a nice in-the-wall bougie-looking Sennheiser or some shit. Mm. Bose. It was elevated. It was not one of those clip-on like little... JBL things or anything like that. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. The food was fine. Yeah, no, the food was good. No, like, food I mean, good. look, I had mixed reviews about the pizza and you know what? This is why we didn't just get the pizza because I was like, I still have faith in this place even though I had mixed reviews. Look, the pizza was good. I think the toppings and the flavor was great, but you mentioned that you would have preferred a slightly less chewy crust. No, no, no. I said it tasted like a fresh pizza dough that had had no fermentation. When your peers around the country and the world and the internet are doing fermented doughs when you start to just do like a white bread essentially it doesn't have much character so it looked like a Napoli style pizza but it didn't have any like funk you know what I mean it didn't have that bite pizza is always a 6 or a 7 pretty much no matter what like even a frozen pizza is like a 5 that's a pretty good base level it looked like an 8 or a 9 and then you eat it and you're like it's fine it's like maybe a 7.5 I mean we didn't space it out enough so once we got to the pizza it was kind of not as hot as it could be which you know 
strategically, we should have just been like, bring it out after we finish these mains. How about when we go for the special on the board? Here's the thing. I don't think the word special was referred to in hindsight. Like the service was great. All of the staff were hotties. They were really friendly, really attentive. That was all great, but not pushy. I like that. But I don't believe that she said specials board. I think she said there's a happy hour special. And then she said, and we've got a board. <laughs> we just have a board. Yeah, yeah. Like no. No, she meant- said special. She no, said she here said are specials. No, she said that there was a happy hour special. And then she said there was extra things on the board. It was like pasta of the day. That was how she Yeah, yeah. Said- it wasn't. It was not a special. It was, it was just like. Special. She said it was a rotating menu. We assumed. Basically, that- it was like a highlight front and center. Look at this board. And this is the thing. It was also assumed that that would mean cheaper cost. Lucky it was on a Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, you know, we don't want to get a little kitchen confidential in here. According to Anthony Bourdain in his breakout book, you shouldn't order fish on a... Monday. The Ooh. final day, the six days from when they, like, ordered the fish. So it's the so least it's, fresh as it can they be. They really just, like... That's when they start bringing out the specials board. Because a lot of the time a specials board is made of things that are still left over from the kitchen. They're like, what can we make out of that? Or what are the scraps that are left that we, you know, zero waste, blah, blah. This place didn't have... I don't think it was that sort of realm. These were, like, just the two pastas you could order. Yeah, and it was also like locally produced you know whatever yeah. so they were just the options so it's kind of a given you know we were four people so we were of course going to go for these pastas and then at least a pizza which yeah. we did we ended up getting the pupies pasta <laughs> and the other pasta like it's more of a tomato type of it was base. a Gigi Hadid uh, vodka pasta oh was it actually yeah <laughs> I did not know that pasta the PP one I was thinking $29 and it was 39 but pupies are so expensive like think about all the times we went to Golden Century I love when they do this well, RIP Golden Century, but like they would bring out the Pippi's bag and they'd guesstimate an amount yeah. and be like, yeah. And they're like, this sounds good. And you're kind of like, well, it's already in the bag. Yeah, it runs shit face. And they're yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not surprised. Well, so these Pippi's were crazy. It was like a muscle size Pippi. Yeah, it was a thick barnacle meat. Yeah, I don't know if I loved that. Also, I love the exo sauce poopies, so I think I was missing the exo sauce. Yeah, true. The pasta was great. I think that I probably wouldn't order that again. We got stooge on that one. Yeah. It was yum, but I'm like, I see you guys. There's like no pasta in here and like four poopies and you've just done me for 39. But it was a lot of food, to be honest. Like it wasn't a tiny little serve. Yeah. yeah. Really enjoyed the other pasta. I actually like the shape of the pasta. It was like a rigatoni, but like a big one without the ridges on it. Yeah, a bit shorter. Yeah. Yeah, that, it was short. just it had a bit of bite to it and a little bit of chew, which I actually really appreciated. Yeah, an al dente. Yeah. What was that other thing that we got? We got the olive. There was some like a little happy hour special. So we got some little anchovies on toast. They place, were really yum. This place is, I would say, not literally, but it's like second cousin to Pellegrino 2006. I don't know, In man. terms of. Nah. No, like not. Well, not quality wise. No, no. In terms of like. Different kind of vibe. Yeah. In terms of if you do like the squint test, they could be like at the same wedding if they were people. These are two different. Yeah, yeah. They're different genres but like same yeah. realm but one's a bit like, it's like different variations of natty wine yeah and i'm sure there's even like a more premium pellegrino that i haven't been to but that was a much higher quality but they're also different price ranges in terms of not really last time mm, was more expensive. yeah do you reckon there's nothing really on that pellegrino menu that was around maybe 35 for a pasta no but then they had like meats and things that were like much more expensive like that veal thing was yeah. way more expensive but they you know they did the charcuterie this place did the charcuterie which we didn't get it was much cheaper 
cheaper at this place though. Yeah. We also had the happy hour thing. So we had our little olives and our little like anchovy toast things, which were really delicious by the way. But it, it was, was like a... a little lemon kick in there. What was that other thing that we got? Yeah, it was like the grilled grilled vegetables vegetable? with like a tuna creamy sauce that you usually have on veal. They like blitz like cooked tuna with I feel like sour it's a cream, very common capers. sauce. Yeah, it was good. It did taste like a tuna casserole vibe. <laughs> I wasn't mad at it. Which I've never really had. As a pesk. I've never had a tuna bake. How about that? What? Ever. Never, ever. I Maybe love tuna should, bank. That could be a dish. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, I didn't say I've ever made one, but I do like them. But your mum's made one for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where you learn from. Yeah. Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? Okay, this is one of those things that you can always tell if they sit within the same realm. If one, logo design, two, venue decor, three, hotties on staff, four, bigger wine menu than food menu. Literally and, double the size. Yeah, and there is definitely an orange section. It went from a... And they also have heaps normal. There's a whole section on non-alcoholics of like pricey non-alcoholic it options. It went from A5 sized food menu menu to a four size drink menu back and front yeah like so funny oh and then there was the tiramisu so they had this slab of tiramisu which it wasn't as good as the pellegrino ones but again i'm not ranking them fairly i don't think they're equal what i liked about this is they really soak the bottom it was a wet bottom you like to soak wet bottom <laughs> yeah it was i i enjoyed the wet bottom i personally am more of a fan of just soaked like damp if we envisage a sponge where it's like you've wet it and you give it a light squeeze and now it's sort of like holding where this was a little a little kind too of wet seeping I liked it. Sweating. Yeah, it was good. The Pellegrino one had hazelnut. I was like really into that. I thought that was a, a showstopper. Before we move on, this town that this restaurant was in has a billy cart derby. So we're going to go to that. That'll be for the next pod. Yeah, I don't. It's oh, you know what? I like. In primary school, we had something like this where we, I don't know if it was a billy cart. I guess it was. I guess it was. We had to build these little go-kart things and then there was a race. And I Oh, no, had... it's different, but. Oh, well, we made them and I, I then had a little cheerleading squad we did like cheers i've never been to this but billy cards just get sent down a hill and then like these kids and their dads terrified are just like fanging it down a hill and they're like handmade so this is really like i don't know what their hns rules are here but it's gonna be sick I saw an article that Taylor Lorenz shared on LinkedIn because she's doubling down on LinkedIn after getting banned and then unbanned and now bullied by Elon Musk. But back to the article that she shared, The Guardian had posted this. I'm sure it's been posted elsewhere, but apparently New York is sinking because of the weight of the skyscrapers. And, you know, people were in the comments kind of being like, if you do the maths, it's only sunk like one meter in the last thousand years or something like that. Right. But then other people were kind of like, yeah, but then think about the rising sea levels. So if the sea levels keep rising, rising and then the city keeps sinking we may find that new york city at one point becomes the lost city of atlantis which would be like a very big plot twist in the end of succession i love how it's like the catastrophic effects of climate change are getting somewhat alleviated by this sinking (laughs) like it's not sea levels rising it's the weight of the city sinking it yeah it's real it's not about climate change it's obesity that's a problem Yeah, like sinking of a heavy city is like the least of our concerns when the water rising is like happening right now which is happening in italy right now which is crazy oh man it's crazy another thing that taylor lorenz had 
shared was um apparently this is nothing new but the internet archivists exist there's like people that are archiving things on the internet but they are saying like we should also basically like things that exist online they're like kind of taking them offline and preserving them like you would in a museum and stuff because apparently this has been going on for ages wow but like if you think about your own social accounts right i think about all my early social media accounts email addresses blah 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 i never ever accessed don't know how to log in so this is like reverse nfts they're like taking an online product and making it real yeah no i would say that it's more like let's say that things are stored in a cloud and then google decides like we need space in our cloud we're going to get rid of all the they do this a lot on apps inactive users let's just delete them and everything that goes with them you just feel so infinite. Yeah, and things do feel infinite. It's like, you know, there's times when I've deleted my Facebook account from back in the day, right? And I have deleted it intentionally. That's my choice. But if I just forgot how to log in or you're in a coma or something, you woke up and you're like, oh, I've got to log back into Facebook and like it's just been deleted because it was inactive for X amount of time. You know, like inactive users get deleted all the time because they are also trying to clear bots. Yeah, yeah. But apparently Google, I think I was saying any accounts that haven't been active in two years are just going to get deleted. Wow. There are a lot of circumstances to why you might not access your emails or whatever but this is just a testament to like it kind of happens across the board like think about all the times you know myspace as an example a lot of the accounts just got deleted or they changed the layout so now everything that was on myspace looks weird yeah yeah i'm not saying like build a bomb shelter and start hoarding products or anything but i am saying if that is the case if there is anything that is online i guess we can only ever assume that well, this it's means, not protected if this forever I, if this means i can get harry hayes at gmail.com straight then I'm happy. Like the real Harry Hayes loses his. Look, I don't know how likely that's going to happen because there's already like several Harry Hayes's in Australia in similar industries. Not as desperate as me to get that Gmail. Yeah. I somehow got my full name. And also Bronte got hers, which I was really surprised about. Yeah, you just doxed her. I have not said what her <laughs> whole email is. Bronte bleep. We did go get a pie the other day. And again, not going to out this place because I'm here for small business or whatever. But but it's famous. Apparently it's famous. and With a capital F. Yeah. And you know, this is the thing. It's so subjective when people are like, it's the best. It's famous. It's- was someone coming from the Philippines? means the word best is thrown around oh yeah everyone's the best yeah like my dad is big on that my brother's big on that my family name best sorrow like yeah 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 this is what i'm saying it's like part of my dna but don't fall for taglines because they are subjective right so like you could say you're a famous pie to like your next door neighbors you could say it to your local postcode like i don't know what famous means let's be honest these like families making the famous pies cannot compete with these hipsters who are meticulous like I said with the sourdough, you got some former financial hipsters who have made a sea change and now they've studied the anatomy of what a pastry is. Like, you can't compete with that. No, and this is the thing. It's also, like, how recently, like, famous when, you know, famous yeah. in the 1900s, you are know you, what I mean? Are like, you famous just purely because you've stuck it out? Like, is that why you're famous? Yeah, are you famous because mummy said so, you know? like yeah. Are you famous because you have, like, the town on a chokehold because you're, like, great the only part because your great-grandfather was the mayor of the town. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is like, this is the thing. There's lots of questions that you have to start asking the five whys when you like <laughs> stop on the side of the road and fucking pull a U-turn to go back to the famous pies. Yeah. This is what we've had to learn the hard way because sometimes there's too much trust. And look, here's the thing. Question mark on famous pie or infamous pie? 
because we had these pies and look i'm not here to say that like it wasn't good or bad it was just kind of like so mid that it was nothing it was so mid it had like a wet bottom and not in the way that i like the tiramisu this was yeah, like a soggy like, bottom yeah like an undercooked pastry but... yeah but then it was like overcooked on the top this whole pie was it was kind from, of just a from mess the minute, from the minute i asked what it was to getting it and then eating it i was like oh it didn't even hit the way that like a mrs max from 7-eleven hit it, like i would have much preferred a 4 and 20 sure. like you know what you're gonna get with a 4 and 20 well that's the thing it is about expectation versus what you, like if well, this you're... is the thing if you, i'm gonna get like a frozen pie versus like some artisan crafted pie i just want to know what i'm like signing up for yeah it's funny because there is another but they don't say famous but there's another local pie company that makes pies and they're very good. But this one, growing up sort of near it, but I'd never done it. And they bang you on the sauce, 30 cents. Nah. Which is just an epidemic. Yeah, and especially when, like, okay, real talk on the fucking sauce. Charge me more for the pie and then... Chuck in the sauce. Chuck in the sauce. Like, make me feel like it's free. Like, that's how... I've said this about the serviettes. I've said this about other shit. Like, soak it in somewhere else. You just bundle that shit. And then give me the free thing and then I'm going to be like... Here's the other, the other thing about these little... You know the fucking ones, the little master food squeezies where they, like... Yeah. You squeeze, ones. Yeah, you squeeze them and then the little like beak opens and you just get the... That's an Australian thing. They don't yeah, have those well, guess else. what? They need to upsize the size on them because they don't match the size of a pie, especially for someone that like myself that is a big consumer of Yeah, who, by the way, lifted the lid. That was another pie. You lifted the pie lid and you put the sauce on Oh, no, it. that was that pie. I did that. But that was the thing. That I was, was pretty a... shocked. By... I was like, wow, I didn't know that about you. Oh, no, I... No judgment. I, like, have lifted the lid, get in there. I will then go on the top. I'll go all the way around. Like, I'm a sick fuck when it comes to sauce distribution. And those little ones just don't... They're just not enough. Uh, even for someone that is conservative on their sauce distribution, like, don't it, they don't add up. You don't know when to stop. That's too much. Yeah, I mean, my sister has a serious tomato sauce phobia that apparently, allegedly, is a result of my... <laughs> you gotta let the i'm not like saying be minimal sometimes i like today i was dipping my finger in sauce like i was like yummy wait when when we what got that weird? burger oh when you got a burger i was like i what, left just over sauce and i was like yeah that was free and the other place we go is free the sauce it feels so good it feels like a surprise and delight right <laughs> facts there was another place we went just outside of Sydney and that was like on a road trip and that was meant to be... Oh, with Bronte. Yeah. Actually, we did this pie tour and we stopped in some rogue town on the way back on that trip. There was like one that we got that was very good. You know what? There's this perception of like rural towns being really good at pie making. Yeah. It's like, it's just assumed. I think it's because... But there is one in this town. Though. Yeah. And you know, some of them are good, but you can't just assume that every pie that you see on the side of the road is going to be good. Well, it's like the old family recipe can't compete with like Brad who used to be a brewer and now he's like moved into like pie making he's going to smash any pie because he's watched Molly Bars make a pie and yeah, yeah. she's got some like MSG secret and then he's like put tamari and like some kind of mushroom concentrate like he's like all his little hacks and yeah then... and it's about that flaky top and then he's got his little moustache and he's like tattoos and he comes to the town and he's like here's my pie and everyone's like holy shit what is this flavor bomb and then Edna who's been making <laughs> like soggy bottom pies for 40 years everyone starts to be like sorry times are changing Brad Brad is like way better and they'll be like have you had the flake on this and the sauce is free <laughs> and they have flat lids because he does coffee as well what are you doing now <laughs> nothing else <laughs> 
But like, but look, I'm not this here for gentrification it's not, either. It's not about gentrification or ageism here, but like, it's he about needs, the quality of the product. He needs to teach her some little hacks because if she's got some gold, he needs to sort of shine. Well, what her up. would make a lot more sense? There has to be a way, yeah, where they're skills sharing, but also like, this is the thing. I think there's an assumption from like older generations that are like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's keep it simple. Like, this is tradition. Yeah. And then there's like optimizations that actually make things better. They can go too far. I agree. Like gentrification of like pies can go too far. Sometimes it's just doing too much. I do not need your artisanal tomato sauce. Like just give me the good good. Yeah. I want that sugary, you know, squeezy bottle shit. But just because it's tradition doesn't mean you shouldn't evolve the recipe. I think a lot of people are like, well, I think stuck the on younger generation is a lot more. We're so used to like changing technology and all this shit. We're so accustomed to adjustment, improvement constantly tweaking it's built in to like constantly be looking for the improvement and also going on youtube and listen to podcasts and whatever whereas these edna's of the world sometimes they have like the secret sometimes it's actually like the thing that no one else has which is soul and love yeah i mean this is the thing like there might be products that exist now tools that could improve the pie making process but again like you said no one's trying to show them how yeah or they're stuck in their ways it's hard to tell it's hard to tell but look next time brad when you like enter a new market in some rural town because you need a sea change if you see a little edna around why don't you guys like get in the kitchen like well she's not gonna accept the help though that's the problem who knows you don't know maybe maybe but Mums that's, love very, their sons. that's very condescending for him to just waltz in and you know what he really needs to do is just mind his own business mm, i don't know i feel like maybe he should just stay where he came from which is the city i just think edna's grandchild needs to teach her how to like well that's the ideal the ideal is that edna is brad's grandma <laughs> And then it's like an intergenerational sharing of skills. Now and it's talking. not just random ass dude that shows up fucking on his motorbike. Facts. So that's that. Quick one on MasterChef. RIP Jock. I am quite shocked. Shock jocked. But it's pretty sad. It was such a dream team with him, Mel and Andy, to hear about the news of his passing. But it's weird to be watching MasterChef now, considering he's no longer with us. So we are like watching it as the millennials that we are. But yeah, I'm interested to see what happens next season because it's just going to be... An yeah. adjustment. R.I.P. Jock. I was very confused about this season in terms of like dynamic and like logistics and timelines because there was a point where I was like, where are all the people? Yeah. I think they've split the people in half and now it makes for a better playing field. Much are like- they now like integrated into one group again? Yeah, actually maybe because... I mean, we're early in the season, clearly. They've created some kind of tennis-like division where the best of the best funnel the way to the middle because if you just put everyone together, the shit ones are going to really fail. And then... Yeah, it's almost like a little bit more democratic this time. Yeah, it kind of like gives it a moment to like calibrate and then you sort of get the actual best two at the end or whatever. And yeah, like you said, they're probably trying to build in some like healthcare days, mental health yeah, days. Yeah, that's so true. Can... I have noticed there's a much more positive vibe going on like with a lot of smiling and positive reinforcement not much savagery going on in terms of feedback so i don't know if that all integrates into this whole like general like family friendly tone it's pc gone mad yeah a couple of ads that we were getting served during these ad breaks that i wanted to bring to the attention um the first one's the mccain ad featuring becky lucas i think this is such a good ad that i literally have even thought about it enough to speak on it i think that this ad is really good because it's not selling me any particular
particular product. It's just kind of really a brand message. It's like, there's something special about nothing special. Yeah. And it's just about like, you know, her saying, oh, hanging out with my friends, nothing special, blah, blah, blah. And they're basically saying that McCain is nothing special, but there's something special about it. And also I like the way they integrated the logo into a cushion. I just really like when people don't randomly place logos everywhere. Yes. Like they've actually made it cohesive. And also Becky Lucas is just like the goodest girl. She like is. she's funny. She's likable. It's weird to see people like that get funneled up the like mainstream television system. Like they go from like awkward, badly dressed comedy festival comedian to the powers that be have sort of decided that, all right, you're now, you know, you're in the Hamish and Andy like pipeline. We're going to get you to that place. You've shown your talent. And like the millennial comedians are sort of getting that push at the moment. It's interesting to see the machine machining, you know. Yeah. Well, I think that she's definitely top of the game in my view. Like I just think she has a lot of potential. She's doing really well. It's like how there's the Aaron Chen wave of like, I see a lot of comedians now, not that I'm a big stand-up fan or anything, but I've just seen a lot of comedians doing his shtick and it's working. Yeah, and yeah. like, he's still got a very like cool crowd that fuck with him. So actually a nice segue into the How Long Gone live tour has finally been announced for Australia. It threw me. I didn't expect this, but they're actually playing that 86 festival in Melbourne exclusively, which was shocking. Like to not play Sydney is crazy. Yeah, they would have got a bag. They would have had to get a bag. I mean, they did make a joke on the pod being like everyone had to scrounge together their pennies or whatever because there was so many promoters on the thing. Yet again, Penny Drop delivering on the goods. Like they've done so many good tours. I mean, they're also touring Ethel Kane. So I'm like really having a great time. Really shocked that that is what's happening. I mean, the idea of them at the Thornbury Theatre, I don't know, but I did see 1-800 lasagna in the comments, which I was already saying. I'm like, there's definitely going to be a booth reserved. So that's good to see. Yeah. Yeah. The thirst is real and I am now inverting. I'm not thirsty. No, I am like, yeah, look, I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to sit in a corner and close my eyes. So it just sounds like a new pod. (laughs) I'm going to, I mean, I just hate, I'm not here to be a fan. No, no, I I love being a fan, but I don't like being intrusive. I love to buy merch and, you know, sit over here. I do not need to meet you. I don't know why I would. So it's interesting to just observe the fans. Cool. I mean, it's just, it's funny to think about the business model. It's like these two guys just get to like travel, talk shit for an hour. But the, it's just like, like stand-up comedy, yeah, except a, you get to sit down, which is the biggest hack Well, like they said, they've reverse engineered comedy. They've made comedy. It's not like they're the first to do it though. Like so many podcasts are fucking killing it. Touring podcasts is really the new frontier. Like that, is, it just makes so much sense. Because it's kind of like when you see, it's like when we saw Elsa Roman. It's like, I love stand-up comedy, but a lot of it kind of sucks. Is this the sit-down comedy genre? them yeah nice yeah well like i'm not gonna lie at a certain age you get that back ache so it's but probably it's, for the best it's like podcasts like why would i want to listen to a monologue necessarily when i can listen to a conversation banter people want to hear yeah. banter and to take that onto the stage is just just makes so much but sense. But you know what's funny? If you think about it, in stand-up comedy, it's almost like an L if you do too much crowd work. They're like, oh, you, you don't have any bits lined up. Yeah. You're doing too much crowd work. But I almost feel like this is the opposite. Like the crowd is so integrated in the conversation that it's almost like shaping where it's going. Exactly. It's like... Which I like that. Yeah, that's exactly it's right. Which is more... why stand-up has a bit of weird friction to it because it's like, no, don't don't heckle. It's kind of like tennis or golf. It's like, are we really just going to like let this many people sit or stand around this person? 
and, and just not speak. And quiet. Yeah, it's like unnatural. It's like I'm at the library and it's not versus done. the club. Yeah, and it's like not done for creative dramatic effect. It's just done to like respect. And but like, you know what I don't like about it as well? If you think about like stand-up comedy live situation, it's the idea of like performing a song versus doing freestyle or it's like performing a bit versus doing improv. Because that's even what the model feels like. You get up there and you're having conversations so it's improv. Yeah, like yeah. this is improv right now versus yeah. rehearsing your... Yeah, well, I, no, oh. no, I didn't say scatting. Oh. I said improv. All oh, right. Going off the dome. I don't know. I just don't like that because I'm kind of like there's no fluidity in like a stand-up performance where it's like you've written your jokes. Like I think about like a Judd Apatow or whatever, and you know, like in his books and stuff when he talks to comedians, it's like they've really like written down their bits or their jokes and yeah. like then they just tell that story and there's like if no one's laughing, you go to the next story, but it's like it doesn't really ebb and flow because it's so fixed. Yeah. It I doesn't mean, feel funny. as human. It's funny because social media was kind of like this a few years ago it was very highly produced and highly polished and then now we're in this photo dump era i wonder why society is like drawn to this kind of freestyle approach like off the dome i think what it is that people enjoy spontaneity when things were so monotonous for so many years with covid it's now like all i want is something random to happen but if you think about uh, the like, whole like idea of, of well how podcasts serve me and I've had this feedback from people as well where, like, you feel like you're part of the conversation. And I guess in the live environment, it's like you get to be part of the conversation. So it's like the fanfic becomes reality. Think about Brett. <sighs> Can't go a pod without speaking about him. I left it till the very end. But it's like I listen to that conversation when he doesn't have guests, for example. I think his next few episodes going to have guests. I feel like I'm part of the conversation. Omnipresent, but when it's him and Adam, the producer, I feel like, again, I'm part of that conversation. It's almost like I feel like I know him. I feel like I know all sometimes people get attached to the little team around the main talent as well. Or like H-Tree podcasts. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, I love the producer. Yeah, I mean, like, even in Armchair Expert, it's like Monica is the co-host, but she's also the producer. People have this weird fascination with the team. People seem to like connecting with the whole thing. You know that new ad style or just, like, documentary style where they'll do, like, a proper zoom in, middle shot or whatever, and then the second shot is, like, they'll zoom out and they'll show the lights and the crew. And it's yeah, like, yeah. what is that? It's like in The Hills. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Hills, whatever, I don't care. At the very last episode where it was like they zoom out the backgrounds move behind Kristen Cavalieri and Brody Jenner that's, and a mind, like, that's a mind fuck I remember the day my sister was watching it and I walked in it was pre me actually watching the hills it has a sinister feeling yeah and that. they pulled the backgrounds away and they were like oh my god it was a set this whole time even though you kind of knew that it was a lot of it was scripted it was sold to you as reality TV yeah, yeah. so it's this kind of like, like breaking the fourth not wall watching it through TV yeah yeah it's like, like it's breaking <sighs> the fourth wall I think that's what's going on and like I don't always like this I think people like the feeling of being like I'm now part of behind the scenes it's similar to when we were at Joe's wedding and then me and Fannis were on that little mushroom wave of like if we're watching the directors who are watching the cast then who's watching us you yeah, know it's yeah. that idea that if you look at the image and you can also see the crew then like you're the next layer behind yeah like so, a mirror in an elevator yeah it's a very meta concept mm, but like yeah definitely here for this sit down comedy wave I guess we're kind of in a lay down comedy wave at this point I'm like slouched considering I have like all this core strength from doing parties. You're lying down. You're not. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm Don't like, lie. I'm not. I'm not even loudy. I'm straight up. Your head is on a squishmallow. Doll. My sister shared. I think it was that I'm Casper artist did a post being like shout out to all the Hello Kitty, which what he probably meant was Sanrio, Sanrio and Squishmallow Girlies. We know you're all doing it tough. And I was like, I felt so seen. I was like, exactly, exactly. And this is my emotional support squish. So, anyways, probably need to uh, get back to your calamari fingers. 
I like it. I like the finality coming back to the start because all I'm thinking about <laughs> is how I'm going to fry these bitches. Yeah. Much like I think about dicing onion. Yeah, your happy place is I have, like... I have very like passive thoughts about just dicing an onion sometimes. And right now... I have... Are there tears in these thoughts? Nice. Sometimes. T-I-E-R-S. Yes. Yes. Wait, what's the other... Oh, like T-I-E-R-S. Yeah, yeah. There's tears. I guess there could be tears as well. There's multiple tears. (laughs) Fuck. Meta. Oh, anyways. Yeah. I think I'm going to douse them in corn flour and then shallow fry because I don't want to like use all the oil for deep frying. But they have to be done to the moment. So I'm going to be like, manja, manja, chuck them at you. (laughs) <laughs> into the mouth into your mouth like, are you gonna like you, style. you're not gonna like do any like you know soak up the oil thing oh uh, yeah I'll do that I guess and no. then flick them into my mouth yeah yeah it's gonna be scenes <laughs> oh boy anyways we'll speak to you soon 